to another episode of the Franchise Academy. I'm Tom Scarta. Today, we have a special guest. Anthony Geisler is with us. Anthony is the founder and the CEO of Exponential Fitness, or Expo for short, as I like to call it. Expo has eight brands under one umbrella with more than 1,700 boutique fitness units open around the country, making it actually the largest boutique fitness company on the planet. In this episode, Anthony breaks some of the myths surrounding the fitness industry. Stay tuned and hear from Anthony and hear gems like this. I hear a lot of people say to me, you know what, Uh, people working out at home now for the past 11 months, I don't know if they'll ever go back to a gym. Well, what do you say to people who say that? Yeah, we know that's not true because we run a digital business as well as a physical business in states like Florida and Texas and places as they reopen back to kind of pre-COVID protocols. We watched our digital business plummet while our physical business flourished. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, we know um, just from the data that people aren't doing that. Peloton gets a lot of PR buzz because they're trying to drive a a stock price and a business. But the reality is, when you look at the dollars that they make versus the dollars the fitness industry and, and physical world generates, it's not even close. And, you know, unfortunately, I think there's going to be a lot of Pelotons, a lot of clothes hanging on them and a lot of homes post-COVID. And uh, like I said, even pre-COVID, the, uh, the in-home kitchen did not kill the restaurant industry. And I don't think the stationary <laughs> bike's going to kill the fitness industry either. So. It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. I am so excited to have Anthony Geisel with me today on the Franchise Academy. Anthony's the founder and the CEO of Exponential Fitness. Expo Fitness is the curator of leading brands across verticals in the boutique fitness industry. These verticals or these brands include Club Pilates, Pure Bar, Cycle Bar, Row House, Stretch Lab, AKT, Yoga 6, and Stride. Two more brands coming online momentarily is what I heard. Anthony has dedicated most of his career to franchising fitness concepts. Exponential has more than 33 licensed locations open across North America, with more than 1,700 studios open as we speak. Expo expanded its offering with the launch of their digital on-demand program. Um, It's a workout platform for each of the brands. In 2021, Expo introduced a national partnership with one of the largest healthcare providers in the U.S., United Healthcare, and is in the process of rolling out a number of technology-focused partnerships and initiatives. So along with being awarded Ernst & Young's Entrepreneur of the Year in 2019 and Goldman Sachs' 100 Most Intriguing Entrepreneurs, Anthony has been a guest lecturer at USC's Marshall School of Business for Entrepreneur Program for more than 20 years. Anthony sits on the Griff Center's advisory board and was inducted into the USC's Entrepreneur Hall of Fame in 2016. Anthony, thank you so much for coming on the show here. This is just an honor and a privilege. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for having me. Now, this is super. I mean, I've been watching Expo Brands now for quite a few years and have made some great placements in in the brand. But all of a sudden, we were hit by this uh, little thing called coronavirus. (laughs) So um, 
you know, you guys have over 1,700 studios open. None of them have closed during this whole crazy thing. Yeah. What do you attribute the success to? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, you know, we had temporary closures, but no permanent closures. And, you know, I think it's a lot of things, right? Like any recipe, um, you know, makes uh, it's ingredients and combination of, you know, what you do with those ingredients that makes something, you know, turn out well. And, you know, we, we made the conscious decision that we were going to go, you know, kind of fight through this storm. We weren't going to close prematurely or open late. We closed when, you know, we were, you know, required to close and we opened uh, as soon as we could reopen. Um, but we really fought through the storm as opposed to kind of, you know, seeking safe harbor. Uh, we left 100% of our employees on making 100% of their pay. Um, you know, we did that because the franchisees were going to need a hundred plus percent of our support. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we did that. Uh, we also took and converted, uh, all of our physical members and digital members and, you know, utilize our digital platform to keep people engaged. Our community was great and our members supported us immensely, which is what our ultimate success was. You know, but we still processed almost five hundred million dollars last year in membership dues. So, you know, we still we still put almost a half a billion dollars in the accounts of uh, franchisees all across the country. And wow. so, you know, we only got about eighteen and a half million of PPP money uh, franchisee wide, right? Everyone applying, uh, which is a lot of money, but it's nothing compared to the you know four hundred plus million uh, the franchisees generated. Uh, you know, during the pandemic. So, um, you know, with cash, uh, 100% of us supporting them, talking them through everything. Um, you know, I sued the governor in Arizona to get my stores back open. I sued him in federal court on behalf of my franchisees, you know, cost me a million bucks, cost my franchisees nothing. Um, so we did a lot of things as a franchisor uh, to make sure we were there uh, nonstop for the franchisees. Yeah, well, that's awesome, and and God bless you and all of your staff and everything that they did to help. And like I said, I have placements in the expo brands, and and people were just so pleased with how the franchisor responded. Because a lot of franchisors in all different industries, not just in fitness, they froze, and and just I think the, those folks that were kind of hanging on by a string used it as an excuse to kind of walk away from building mm -hmm. that brand's pretty shame, but yeah, you know, a big portion of my team, um, well, pretty much almost all of my team from LA boxing and UFC is still with me today in the expo brands. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of us lived through 08 and this had a lot of similarities to that. And yes. so, you know, we all kind of got back together and they were like, okay, we're going to do 08 again, boss. And I'm like, yep, let's do it. You <laughs> know, so right. You know, so for us, it was, uh, you know, you, you didn't really get a choice, but, you know, we had some experience in some similar type situations that, you know, fared well for us too. Well, super. And, and I know as, as you continue to recruit and you're onboarding franchisees as we speak with the pandemic kind of still going on, um, and it's going across all your eight brands at the moment, how would you describe the operating environment in the fitness industry for new owners? What, what role do you think? COVID played related to considerations uh, going forward? Yeah, I mean, look, the the leasing deals, like I kind of talked earlier about the similarities of 08, the leasing deals uh, got better. Um, you know, landlords were pretty bullish pre-pandemic uh, and it was getting tougher and tougher to get good terms, good rates, good tenant improvement allowances. 
Uh, now we're seeing a lot of terms and rates and improvement allowances, you know, similar to what we see in 08. Um, you know, so it's that, that part's nice. You're getting the, the benefit of a, uh, you know, call it a mini recession on the landlord side, but we're still seeing the dollars, the revenue dollars coming back through um, the businesses. So you're, you know, you're getting all of your revenue with, you know, less rent, which is one of your, of course, major costs. And then we're also seeing on the labor side, you know, you have brands like Yoga Works have filed bankruptcy or Golds or 24 or Flywheel. Um, so there's just a lot of uh, instructors in a bunch of different modalities um, all across the country. So the price of labor went down. So your two biggest costs, which are rent and labor, went down and your revenue stayed the same. Right. Uh-huh. And so, um, you know, that's a that's a good position to be in going forward, which is why, you know, we still opened 250 plus locations during the pandemic and <laughs> sold almost 300 new franchises. Um, and, you know, that's one thing to say, hey, I signed 250 leases if you were, you know, a corporate uh, situation. But as a franchisor, we had to convince 250 people not only to sign leases, but to build out their stores and get open. Um, you know, when our particular industry was actually closed and the whole world, of course, was in the middle of a pandemic. And so just a real big testament to the brand, the franchisees that, that we select and, uh, you know, the team that we have, you know, kind of running the, running the business. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. I mean, I hear it from franchisees all over the, all over the place and validation is through the roof with your existing owners. But are you saying that now, um, so labor is, is easier. And, and also, did I hear you say customers are, are flocking over because their, you know, their goals and their 24 has shut down. And, and so, yeah, there's a lot of, up. you know, there's two new groups of members coming in. We call them orphan members, which are the ones that, you know, ended up being at a, you know, let's say a yoga studio or something that now no longer exists. And so we make a pick up their instructors and we pick up their members there's also another new group of just new people, new recruits that have said, hey, look, I, uh, you know, I realized in the pandemic that I'd been neglecting my fitness for a decade. And now when, you know, when this pandemic is over, when that store opens down the street, I'm going to go join that store. Um, and so that's where we're seeing these two new groups of people, people that just haven't been active in a long time. And you saw these people in your neighborhood starting to walk with their families again and just kind of get out. Yeah. And so we're seeing that group and then we're just have these displaced orphan members that, you know, their studio either hasn't reopened yet or it's never going to reopen. And, you know, they had to find a new home. Um, and then we're, like I said, on the labor side where, you know, we're seeing that, uh, you know, we have a lot easier to get labor, right. It's a bigger supply of labor and with, with increased supply, um, and lower demand from other competitors of ours, you see the cost of labor going down. Um, so it's, you know, it, not that we wish our competitors any ill will, um, but it is, you know, kind of the perfect storm now for the survivors, um, you know, that are out there and the people that are starting to get into business today. And so it's a, it's definitely, I don't want to say I wish a pandemic on us or anybody, but it is, uh, it is a good time to be expo and a good time to be in this business. Yeah. I, I believe that. So as you know, the listeners are, are listening to you and, and a lot of people are thinking about buying a franchise in 2021 and into the future. Are there more broad operational opportunities that Exp- Exponential has taken advantage of uh, going into 2021? 
I mean, look, the, you know, operationally there's, you know, like I said, you have the benefits of, you know, what you're seeing out there in the market with displaced members and things of that nature. Um, you know, our, um, technology has evolved. We have an X pass now, uh, that we actually launched in Q4 of last year. Mm -hmm. Um, so somebody signs up at one brand, they get to go to all the brands. And so we've had to make some operational adjustments there, build a lot of technology around that. And that's going very well. Um, you know, we started our partnership with Apple and the Apple watch. So when people come in to work out in our locations, you know, their Apple watch syncs up with our app. Um, you know, so we've made a lot of, a lot of technology things, uh, happen. Our, you know, digital platform is phenomenal. Now we have our own production studio, uh, across the street from our corporate office where we're, you know, constantly filming both live and kind of in the can stuff, um, which really wow. saved us, you know, during COVID. So <laughs> a lot of, a lot of really great things brought up, uh, some more leadership into exponential to help me out, uh, wow. brought Sarah Luna up from pure bar to be president and, uh, Ryan junk from cycle bar to be our chief strategy officer. And so, um, you know, more leadership up at expo is great. Um, and we're, uh, you know, we're out in the market closing on some new brands too. So those announcements will be coming soon. Yeah. Yeah. I heard, uh, in the rumor mill and franchising that you have two new brands that might be coming on any day soon. Can you give us a hint? Uh, what kind of modality? I can tell you one is in boxing and, uh, one is going to be in uh, a type of weight training, uh, this year. Yeah. That so cool. th- that is, that is where we're looking. No promises yet. Cause, uh, nothing is inked and closed, but, uh, we are, uh, we're on the any day now program, um, <laughs> for one of those brands and, uh, and still putting the finishing touches on another one, but That's we cool. will, uh, we'll do a handful of, uh, acquisitions. We've been taking over, uh, yoga works, real estate, flywheel, real estate, um, you know, with cycle bars and yoga sixes. And so, yeah. um, you know, a lot of great opportunities out there. I didn't know flywheel went down. That's amazing. Yeah, they went down. We've been taking over their physical locations with cycle bars uh, and kind of rebranding them. And they had fly bar too. And we've been rebranding the fly bars into pure bars, Um, you know, doing a lot of that in Manhattan, but, um, but other parts of the country as well. Yeah. Very, very cool. I mean, it's just a phenomenal brand. And and the X pass is something that is unbelievable because that answers the question of, you know, I could buy this brand, but when somebody gets that, you know, that fitness ADD and they want to do something else, I'm going to lose that customer as a franchise owner. And now with XPass, you're like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're going yep. to be trading customers under the brand. Which exactly. Is so giving Expo's growth, can you share what new initiatives are being rolled out this year, you know, trying to continue to drive revenue across all these brands? Yeah. I mean, like we're always as a franchisor, we're in the royalty business, right? Which means we've, we've got to be doing everything we can on a daily basis to generate revenue. Uh, it's not about just opening new stores for us. That's obviously a, you know, a pathway to more royalty, but it's really about driving what we call AUV average unit volume, uh, in every store, um, and driving those memberships. So working on, you know, new digital membership, uh, opportunities, you know, working on driving digital lead flow, uh, into the businesses, using our CRM to, you know, close at higher ratios and higher ticket prices um, just to continue to, to push revenue. And we've, you know, we've continued to do that year over year, quarter over quarter for Club Pilates for, you know, the last six years. 
done it pure bar for the last three years that we've owned that cycle bar for the last five years that we've owned that in four years. So um, each of our brands, you know, as, as the system develops, we're highly focused on, you know, generating new revenues for franchisees. Uh, it's the only way we can actually grow our business as well. Sure. So um, something we look at, you know, nonstop and, you know, that AUV number, um, is really Ryan Junk's entire job, uh, the guy that we brought up. And so um, we've also um, signed up with ClassPass and done a national rollout of that. Signed up with United Healthcare uh, for franchisees, doing a national rollout of that. We have a couple more new healthcare uh, initiatives getting closed now um, yeah. where we're you know, driving um, all these you know, healthcare customers uh, you know, just millions and millions of people uh, into the stores. Um, and so we're, we're working on these, all these different national programs with some national carriers um, to drive their employees um, and members into our businesses um, to, you know, continue to, you know, keep utilization and dollar value per class as high as we possibly can. Yeah, I love it. So as a franchise consultant myself, you know, I'm always looking for the right prospect to show uh, Expo 2, who do you feel is the best owner? Does somebody need to be a gym rat to be an owner of an Expo brand? No, it's probably even better than not, uh, or at least not in the gym business. Um, you know, you can be and it's good, but, um, you know, you don't have to be, right? A very, very small percentage of our, our franchisees, you know, have been in the gym business or, you know, are in the gym business. Uh, and a very small percent, I would say, are, you know, even avid uh, fitness people, um, they're avid business people, you know, they're people that, you know, are looking to have, you know, another stream of income, looking to, you know, kind of have that, they always say like that second lease on life or the next chapter from, you know, their corporate America type job. Right. Um, so, you know, we see a lot of that, um, you know, coming in and driving the business, but you definitely don't need, you know, gym experience, you know, much like when I owned LA boxing and UFC, we weren't, you know, we weren't looking for fighters to come and start those businesses. We were looking for business people to hire fighters, um, right. and run their businesses. Right. And so same thing is true here. You don't have to be a Pilates instructor or a yogi or anything like that. You just, uh, <laughs> You know, you shouldn't hate it, I guess, you know, I guess it'd be like opening a pizza place and hating pizza, but, um, right. you know, you don't have to be an, an avid pizza eater either. And so for us, you should, you know, you should understand that, you know, this is an industry and a modality that, you know, has a lot of demand and, you know, you, you shouldn't hate it, but you don't have to love it. Yeah. Well said. And, and so I hear a lot of people say to me, you know what, uh, people working out at home now for the past 11 months, I don't know if they'll ever go back to a gym. Well, what do you say to people who say that? Yeah, well, we know that's not true um, because we run a digital business as well as a physical business in states like Florida and Texas and places as they reopened back to kind of pre-COVID protocols. We watched our digital business plummet while our physical business flourished. And mm -hmm. so... You know, we know um, just from the data that people aren't doing that. Um, you know, pre-COVID, people weren't doing it. Peloton gets a lot of PR buzz because they're trying to drive a, a stock price and a right. business. Um, but the reality is, is when you look at the dollars that they make versus the dollars the fitness industry and, and physical world generates, it's not even close. Yeah. Um, 
and, you know, unfortunately I think there's going to be a lot of Pelotons, a lot of clothes hanging on them and a lot of homes, um, post COVID. And, uh, like I said, even pre COVID the, uh, the in-home kitchen did not kill the restaurant industry. And I don't think the stationary <laughs> bike's going to kill the fitness industry either. So <laughs> that, I, th- I think we're good to go. <laughs> I love that statement. Kitchens did not kill the restaurant industry, no, nor, nor did VCRs kill the movie industry. By the Correct. way, I remember they said that back in the eighties, um, yep. probably way before your time, but definitely my time. But yeah, that's, that is brilliant. And that's, and that's the thing. And I even know myself, my wife and all my wife is a member of uh, club Pilates on long Island. Uh, and now looking for f- the Florida membership since we moved, but you know, she um, has to be on her phone ready to book a class seven days in advance because they, they're sold out. And it's just absolutely amazing. People are just chomping at the bit. Yeah, utilization is very high. And so, you know, as we reopen and, and are allowed to be at full capacity, we're, you know, getting back to and then surpassing, you know, our pre-COVID numbers, um, you know, because of those two groups of orphan members and new members that just, you know, wouldn't be members before. So um, it's nice. So um, to, to close it up, I wanted to ask you, what is one myth about franchising or about fitness that you could bust for us right here and right now? Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the ones we just hit on definitely in ours is that, you know, in, in franchising or in fitness franchising, you need to, you know, have experience in fitness um, and or in franchising, right? Let alone the, the two together. Um, you know, it is, uh, you know, you're not going to be teaching class, although some franchisees choose to get certified because they're interested in teaching class and they may do it, you know, once a week or once a month, um, or on a fill in basis. But, um, you know, you definitely don't have to have a, uh, a past history or a, you know, 5% body fat, uh, on the (laughs) scanner to, uh, to be able to buy a fitness franchise and, and be successful. So, um, I could, I could bust that myth here. Yeah, I love it. And that's great. I mean, I, I always say, you know, what Jeff Elgin says, the founder of Franchise, is you could be a vegetarian and own McDonald's. It doesn't matter. They're not, they're not looking for that. Yep. They're looking for owners. They're looking for people with an entrepreneurial spirit, which is what you're looking for. Absolutely. That's, um, that's awesome. And so um, if somebody wants to find out more about Expo Brands, it's just uh, exponential.com. Is that right? That's right. Exponential.com. And then it has all of our, uh, all of our brands listed there. And, you know, from there you can kind of navigate to which brands, you know, speak to you, um, and then yeah. fill out our inquiry form and, and away we go. Absolutely. And all that information will be on the franchiseacademy.com. And, um, Anthony, I want to thank you for your time here. Uh, I know you're a busy guy. I'm catching you on the fly here. So thank you so much. And it's just been an honor to have you on the franchise Academy. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, my, my, my pleasure. And we'll talk soon. God bless you. All right. Thanks so much. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.